We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Alexander, Dr. A. This is the award-winning Roto-Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 13th. That dude with the Roto-Wire swag is Bob Nastanovich, my buddy from the band Pavement. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at a busy Monday night. Uh, Eventful. Did did Victor Wimanyama do anything? I'm not sure. I, I missed it. Bob, what's happening? Not much, man. How are you? I um I just wanted to mention that um when you get your roto wire, uh, I mean it's a pretty incredible um thermal mug. It keeps the coffee or the hot beverage of your choice hot forever. This Camelback brand is insane, dude. R- Rotowire cuts no corners at, uh, with the merch. You know, Bob, you've got an older cup. You're making me mad now because I don't have that big, sweet Camelback. Yeah, yeah well, you're uh, kind of lower down the totem pole than I am, uh, Doc. I mean, you know, this is, uh, <laughs> I mean, look at the size of that logo. I mean, people that's can insane. see you like, I mean, if you looked over it at another um, car on the highway, you'd be like, whoa, that's a Rotowire person. I can't even tell what that is. The the logo is so big, it doesn't even fit in the screen. It just either says <laughs> Roto or Wire. I'll try to do it properly. Roto. Yeah. Oh, sh- you know, it's hard to get the angles right on these things. Anyways, you really congratulations. Congratulations, my my friend, uh, uh, in, for your induction into the Fantasy Sports Writing Hall of Fame. <laughs> that's, uh, that's rare. Um, of course, you know, you're as OG as it gets when it comes to uh, fantasy sports writing. And um, I'm proud of you as a, as a uh, man in his late 50s who's in no um, Hall of Fames. But, I mean, it is a pretty remarkable thing that you've worked towards from the start. Well, thank you very much. It, it is funny because people are like, so I didn't know there was a fantasy sports writers Hall of Fame. And I'm like, well, because of you, now we do. It's not really that well known that it's, it's out like there. forty people. There's forty people in that thing, and that's a. I like the fact that it's a small number. I'm like, I like the fact that there's only two of us that got in. You're uh, OG. This year. It's it's hard. It, it's like not how, how old is the do. craft? How old is the craft of fantasy sports uh, journalist? Twenty years. I think the 15? Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame started in 2010, and then I think I started my career around 2000. 
Um, yeah. And I think the earliest that people were writing about fantasy sports, at least online, would have been like 95 to 2000. But, you know, before that, it was all magazines. You know the drill. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was if you go way back and as far as I can tell, um, it was obviously I mean, it was like 95 or like 100 percent NFL at the very start. Of, you know what I'm saying? Like, it seemed like the only thing available to the uh, normal um, junkie was the NFL and then and then baseball and, and the NBA came after that. My experience is a little different because I started out in baseball. Because baseball, you know, the, the term roto comes from baseball. Right. Um, and I think baseball might have been the first actual fantasy league. But you're right. I mean, NFL has always been king and. Um, I think I'm the only basketball writer in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I, I was always oh, told. Oh, really? That, I think really? I was always told that basketball was like the, you know, the redheaded stepchild of fantasy sports. Like nobody really cared about it, but it was something that we had to cover. But I think if you look at how things are today, with the international attention that basketball gets across the world compared to the other two sports, I I, I would argue that it's just as big as the other the other ones but well i mean i played all three and i've played all three for many years in fact i don't really play the nfl anymore because um you know really for a number of reasons i mean obviously my interest in the nfl has waned as a fan in general and that's sort of the root of being a fantasy sports fan you know you've got to be like i mean it helps to be a reality fan like some people can get away with it but it's like you know if somebody who's um bet on sports for a long time um illegally and now um i'm pleased to say legally thanks to the uh, new, new rules um but yeah basically you're always looking for an angle for action and um fantasy for you know over 25 years provided that angle and you know again the one that were you know people i mean the appeal of the nfl would be you don't have to have a favorite team obviously you know just like fantasy sports in general and you know, but you know your favorite team and the, the best if you have one. But then the other sort of remarkable thing about it um, is that, you know, it really keeps your finger on the pulse. Um, if you care, like, I mean, I, I've had some really awful teams, like including this year, my NBA team is just, you know, one of those teams that probably was never meant to be very good in the first place and has been riddled by injuries. Um, but you still have to try because it's unfair to the team's uh, you you can't. I, I, it is a weird thing. Is there an actual term for that in fantasy when a when a team like just gets so frustrated with their team or just like where they just like? I mean, I feel stop like, setting lineups. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there should be like some sort of um, there should be a moniker for that type of person, like uh, because that person could have been like really competitive the first half of the season, and then if you catch them on your schedule at the right time, you're gonna do them because they're just not doing a thing, you know. Yeah, there are there should be a name for those people, and I could I could name, um, I could name those people after people that I know, famous people that I know who don't set their lineups. But I don't think I'm going to do that. Um, I mean, if it was me, then you could do. I'd, I'd be ha more than happy to take that name. But I always um, set my lineups. Well, this I mean, guy, this happens. guy's being a, this guy's being a real Nastanovich. Exactly. Yeah. 
He didn't set his lineup for two like weeks. Like for in a, a row. week, for a week. And like, you know, so jerk. and so eight won him. And now I'm like the three seed in the playoffs, you know. Speaking like, of which, um, I'm sitting here in third place in our, our main rock and roll league trying to take out the king, Stephen Malcolmus. I'm trying to track down Brian from Guster. And then you come waltzing in last week with your horrible record in last place standing and just <laughs> whoop me. Um, that was painful. That it was, was one painful. of those rare weeks in which you had um, significant injuries. And then basically every single time I needed one of my useful players to play, they played and played unusually well. Like, I think I got like a 40 plus point game from Brandon Ingram, which I think is the first this year. Um, hmm. Yeah, no, it was just one of those incredibly lucky weeks. I mean, there's a lot of weeks where I've been up 7-2 going into Saturday and lost 2-7, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just a sign of a bad team. It is weird when you're trying to piece piece things together. And it's kind of fun. It's kind of challenging. Like, you discover guys. Like, I mean, I, you know, again, I'm I'm 25 games out of a playoff spot. So, that's, you know, it's all un- unrealistic at this point. But, I mean, it's still – it's still fun to play because it, you know, it helps paying attention to your fantasy team, even if they're awful, <laughs> just benefits you as a sports better as well. I mean, it kind of puts your, you know, and again, like, you know, I watch as much NBA as I can. I mean, I, I mean, I intersperse that with insane amounts of college basketball, unlike you. I mean, Virginia has been on a real roll. That's my alma mater. So, so I've been watching them a lot and there's been, a, I mean, you know, college basketball is starting to heat up. I watched um, some uh, Indiana State University Sycamores this morning. They're they're hot. They're an insane form, and they've got kind of like a very unusual player, Donnie Avila. Yeah, they've got a guy that um, just kind of plays the college game at his own pace. It's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool league. That's the um, they're in the um, MVC with um, actually Murray State joined that league and Belmont and um, we've I mean Drake. See, I lived a mile and a half from Drake. I mean, I saw Doug McDermott play in a tiny gym there. Those Wichita State teams before they moved out of that league, it was almost unfair. And, Bob, um, you Bob, know, if we don't start talking fantasy, NBA so what about hoops, Doug, Doug McDermott? Didn't he just get traded? If we don't start talking fantasy hoops, you these, say guys, that these Doug, people are going to revolt. You saying that he doesn't have any fantasy value, Doug McDermott? They're going to come through the screen and take us. They're they're, they're going to pull in a Stanovich on us. Uh, That'd be awful. Yeah, we don't want that happening. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Jimmy Butler is out through the All-Star break due to a death in the family. Sorry, Jimmy, that stinks. Um, Tough, tough on everybody involved. And, and, uh, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy, when he's healthy, you never know when he's going to play or not play. And uh, it's, I think it's going to be a a rough um, trip down the stretch for Jimmy Butler managers uh, because he's, he's just, going to be chilling out trying to get to playoff basketball and i don't know um i don't know it just it just stinks that uh he's missed enough games already and then to have something like this happen is just too bad for him and his family so uh yeah, shout they've out. had a very un- unbelievable month i mean they've had it started with hawk as groin and then he got he's he went out of the loop and then just that game against the Celtics the other day, I mean, I thought they might have lost Jay Rich um, for a significant period of time. And obviously he's like, you know, a fringe fantasy guy. But then Rozier, who is really just starting to click with that team in every way, shape and form, like timing and everything. And like you could see Rozier heading into like a 10 to 15 game run where he would kick it. Now he's going to be out. He's got to be out till after the all-star break. Right. I mean, that looked nasty. He got lucky. He got lucky. That looked like it could have been a season under when he went down. Rozier is week to week with knee pain. Yeah, I mean, that looked he got that's fortunate. I mean, and then in the same game, Jalen Brown really, I mean, it was kind of a grim play. I don't think he's a generally known as a dirty player, but he tried to hurt Duncan Robinson. Is it what it looked like? Yeah. Um, you know, that's all beside the point. But you know, yeah, they are in a position where 
Um, when they have the full deck, which of course very much includes Jimmy Butler, um, that they are a team, if they're like in the seventh or eighth playoff spot, then you, you don't want to face them. Obviously, recent history would say so. And they've got incredible depth and talent. And I think Rogier is a good ad. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, from a fantasy perspective, if you've got Jimmy Butler on your team, then you're, I don't know, I don't know how, how you're, um, right now i mean it's pretty limited if you're looking at the waiver wire at least in the in the leagues i play in i mean i just picked up ben simmons i, I never really thought i would do that <laughs> I mean, he's available in our league too i looked at i looked at him and i swore i would he was i grabbed him i just grabbed him because uh i should see he's been ben simmons for the uh, last two games for the first time in four f's and um but he, I, I really i was amazed last night watching that Mavericks game against the Wizards when it um, briefly looked like the Wizards might win the game. Then, of course, reality set in. I, I just can't believe that they got Gafford, who I basically seem is. I mean, every, I can't believe that that he's to me he's just a proper like double double center. He's like a young athletic Capella at this point. You know, um, I think Gafford. I, I mean, he's just he's. That's an incredible move, and I think the Buddy Heels going to work out for the um, Sixers. And Buddy Heels, I imagine, he, you know, there's a lot of leagues where he's available because his stats kind of plummeted when he went through one of his cold streaks for the Pacers. Well, let's go ahead and jump into that Dallas game. So Luca took over the game late, 26-11-15, tenth dribble double of the season. He's second in the league in scoring. He's twentieth in rebounds, third in assists, ninth in steals, second in three pointers. He left the game for five minutes after taking a shot to the face, or he would have done even more. He came back in late. Um, they overcame a huge deficit, like you said, easily won the game. Lucas standing out there just bombing threes in people's faces, making amazing uh, full-length passes, court passes, um, putting it right on the hands of dudes. Like He's just incredible to watch still, I think. Uh, Gafford, 16 points, career-high 17 rebounds. He's a beast. I mean, how, you know, how did they, how, I just can't believe it. two steals can, and five blocks. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, that's the second best performance of the night by a center. And it, on, on a normal night, it would have been the best performance. So here's my question for you, Bob. Dallas is now the number eight seed in the West, right? Luca's MVP odds. He's a plus 1,000 and beats kind of off the board. So right now it goes Jokic, SGA, Giannis, and then Luca. Um, and Jokic is a crazy, like, minus 140. SGA is plus 270. Giannis is plus 650. And Luca's at 1,000. With, with P.J. Washington and Gafford both coming in to Dallas and uh, Kyrie Irving healthy again, you know, the Mavs are, like, two wins away from being in fourth or fifth place. Is Luca somebody you would put MVP money on right now? What are the odds on, um, uh, on Giannis? 650. I would split. I would split a bet on Giannis and um, and Luca. I'd split. I'd split ten to one and um, six and a half to one. I would definitely. I would definitely split because I. I just don't think that, and I don't know um, how it works out with the balloting, but I can't. I just can't see uh, SGA winning. Um, 
unless there's significant injuries. I mean, there's already been the one injury that moved him up one spot. Um, and then when it comes, I mean, I'm not saying if you bet against Jokic, you're betting a, you're betting on him to miss a certain number of games and not be eligible. Um, but that, you know, technically could be a factor. Um, but it's not, I mean, it would have to be a, a real and significant injury because they're not going to sit him at this point with the, the cluster mess that is the Western Conference standings and where they want to get seated in the end. And I think that they're going to – the th- the thing that always really concerns me about the Nuggets is the, is the potential fragility of Jamal Murray. Um, but you went down last night. Did you know that? And he, I think he'll, you know, he just, he's so brilliant, but he's just, he's got so many old scars. And uh, even that really sort of incredible game against the Lakers, that was, you know, 98% of a fantastic basketball game the other day. And then they just, they just put him away. It was, it was really Jamal Murray that put him away as much as, as uh, uh, Nicola. I mean, it is. He's brilliant. I mean, Jamal Murray's brilliant. He's sort of the key to the Nuggets. I mean, he's the key to the Nuggets to me. I mean, because you basically, you can watch Jokic 75 nights a year and you're going to get the same incredible high level. What he brings has to be the most unpleasant player in the league to play against in every way, shape and form. And, you know, I, I mean, yeah, if he keeps it, basically if he p- plays 75 games this year, there's no way he's going to tail off. Then the MVP market's not really even a factor because he'll win it. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it I mean, I hate to say that, but you, if, if you are betting on those other two odds um, guys and their odds are attractive and, and they're both, and, and including SGA, they're, they're all, they're all, um, you know, MVP quality players, but he's just got an edge. His passing just gives him the edge. I mean, <laughs> I would just say that Luca's ten triple doubles, and Luke, the fact that Luke is uh, basically going to lead the league in scoring, um, he's doing all this other stuff. Like he, he's his lines and his stats pop. Like they, they have MVP pop to them. So do Giannis's. Totally. So do, well, Jok- it- so do Jokic's. Like those are the three guys. Like Jason Tatum doesn't really pop. Kawhi doesn't really pop. Jalen Brunson sort of pops. Um, but I mean, I mean, Jalen I mean Brunson is, yeah, Jalen Brunson has been an, is been unreal. But I mean, think about it this way: if you're drafting. If if somebody, I don't know if this even happens. If if we, if we were drafting um, during the All Star break for a team that just applied a fantasy team to All State All Star break to the wire, which actually would be really complicated because there's a lot of factors involved. Um, you know, a late season fantasy team, and you had the first pick, it, you would be choosing between uh, Doncic and Jokic. Um, would you not be? For the number one pick, if you got the number one pick, if we had a, if we had a twelve team league or a ten team league or whatever, and you got the number one pick in a fantasy league that starts after the All Star break, who would you take first? Um, well, I, I I had one of those that started two weeks ago, and I took Joel Embiid uh, two days before he was gone for the season. That's just bad luck. Okay, so who who would um, you have taken with the second pick then? It, well, for me, it's always the answer is almost always Luca. Um, Mm. How, however, 
Uh, this whole Wembenyama thing, that's something I want to talk to you about. It, I mean, we need to talk about not only if we're starting the league right now, this year, but what about next year? Like, where, where is Wemby going in drafts next year? Which I want to talk to you in a second, but I, I want to get back. I want to cover the, these two injuries and then dive, oh, in, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. dive into that. Because Dante DiVincenzo went down last night with a hamstring injury. Um, he had 23 points, five boards, four assists, two steals, five three-pointers. No update as of last night. Um, he left the game kind of early. I, I I don't think he came back at all. Uh, that means uh, Josh Hart is going to go off. Alec Burks and Bohan Bogdanovich are going to get run. But, man, I cannot afford to lose Dante DiVincenzo. And then Jamal Murray, like we talked about, sat the entire second half with a leg injury. He had three points on one of five shooting. Reggie Jackson is the pickup there uh, if that injury is serious. I would say Hart's probably already rostered everywhere. I think the, the pickups are Reggie Jackson and Alec Burks uh, for those two injuries. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, it's it's um, one thing about uh, DiVincenzo is uh, his right arm could use a break. That, it, we call that a pump arm. I mean, the guy has just been <laughs> – He's I mean, I mean, the Knicks. Have, I mean, it's been pretty amazing. The Knicks have been, you know, incredibly offensively challenged um, because of the injuries to Brunson and uh, and Julius. And that guy basically is a sixth, seventh man on a full deck Knicks team, and he's basically become. He's proven that he can be a twenty-five to thirty-five point a night guy, and it's all built around his three and his quick release. But I mean, it's incredible timing by the Knicks because. I mean, they made such incredible, incredible um, reality moves, and on top of everything else, they got two shooters. I mean, right, right before DiVincenzo gets hurt, and then I mean, Precious Achua, who was like tenth man for the Raptors, not playing at all since he got pressed into like thirty-five to forty minute a night duty. He's been insane. That guy was a, a pickup steal right after the a Randall injury. I mean, he's been averaging like thirty-seven minutes and. I don't have him in front of me, but he's had a lot of uh, double-digit rebound games. He can score. I mean, they made – I mean, basically everybody's worked the Raptors over in reality. I mean, it's amazing. I, I don't – it's it's kind of a shame. I, you know, I like the Raptors in reality, but they've just gotten raked. But, yeah, Alec Burks is going to get his opportunity and opportunities, and then if he's sitting there – and I, I don't – how much longer – is Brunson out? Is he back right after the All Star break? He's back now. He played last yeah, night. Brunson, he was in Brunson that Rockets back. game last night. He was in that crazy Rockets game. I heard the heard about the ref. Apologize, I didn't watch it. But like, um, yeah, Brunson's back. Um, McBride survived all that. But yeah, I mean, if yeah, I mean, if you ha- if you want to try to replace Steven Chenzo, I would kind of look elsewhere because those guys to me are. are or from a fantasy perspective, just in a whichever one's hotter on the night. Well, I'm, I'm just of, hoping that Demon Chenzo is back tomorrow night. That's 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 he should be. Is he on all your team? I can, yeah, he's on all my teams. Um, mm. So yeah, uh, and it's incredible that the that the Knicks have been able to overcome losing OG Ananobi and making a big trade and losing Julius Randle and still are playing really well. And it, a lot of that is credit to uh, Jalen Brunson. He's amazing. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you again, like if he's the biggest overachiever in the league in every way, shape, and form, the guy's just insane. Okay. I mean we're gonna talk Wimby. We're going to we're going Wimbyama. Should have been the should have been the leadoff today. Uh 
Well, it was meant to be, Steve, but I threw you off your schedule. My, my oh, bad. it's okay. It's okay. I like you. You keep me on my toes, Bob. Uh, you're being a real Nastanovich right now. Yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> synonymous. That's a it means pain in the ass. Uh no. Uh, <laughs> Wembenyama, twenty-seven points, fourteen rebounds, ten assists. He are ten ten blocks. blocks. He had five assists. He had two steals. He had seven turnovers. It's his second career triple double. He's the first triple double with blocks since Clint Capella did it in 2021. He's the fourth rookie to triple double with blocks and the first since David Robinson did it in 1990. He's the fifth player in NBA history with 25 points, 10 rebounds, 10 blocks, and five assists in a game, joining Hakeem Olajuwon, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. David Robinson and Ralph Sampson, all five of who are in the Hall of Fame. Um, somebody on Twitter was complaining about Wimby's turnovers. Uh, yeah, 4.7 a game in, in February is annoying, but I mean, who, who really cares when he's doing stuff like this? Um, I feel like the Spurs don't really run that many plays for Wimby. I, I feel like for the first half of the season, some of his teammates were even possibly keeping the ball away from him this dude's a freak first of all did he pass chet for rookie of the year race last night and secondly where is he going in fantasy drafts either if we're doing it this year or next year you know, right now i think he'd go in the top 15 and next year i'd expect him to go in the top six um i think i think you'll see I mean, obviously, last night's stat lines were insane, but I think you'll see stat lines more like this from from this guy as he consistently plays, you know, 27 to 32 minutes a, a night going forward as he grows. I think basically if you assess his season from start to right now, he's lived up to expecta uh, expectations. I mean, we kind of expected a bumpy road. He's a very unusual player. I think when you talk about the first – significant part of the season and his teammates sort of getting used to him. I think it's difficult for any set. He's just so atypical. He's got such an atypical skill set um, that, yeah, it takes time. You know, the really the most significant stat last night is the Spurs who've been just an incredible first half team the whole year and a terrible second half team that, you know, obviously it's a very beleaguered Raptors squad, but they won the game by over 20 but he did everything right. And, um, you know, it, it, when a guy blocks 10 shots and is seven foot three or whatever, he's affecting an incredible amount of shots. He's just basically, it's been a gradual process like it is for every, um, essentially every younger rookie. Um, you know, there's very few, few rookies who come in the league. I like, get, you know, guys like Brog, Brogdon and Hawkes who are basically 23 year old men, you know, when they, when they come into the league, this guy's, you know, he's, He's young. He's, he's still growing into his body. Kind of reminds me of a racehorse that's really, really tall and takes a long time to, to, to fill out before they become sort of the finished package. And um, I just think you'll see more. Obviously, you're not going to see 10 blocks every night. But you'll see plenty of like six block games from him. Um, you know, the scoring, it's, it's just a, it's this was always going to be a process with Popovich. And I think basically they are really right on schedule in every way, shape, or form with Victor, 
and their team. I think they'll finish. I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, with the remainder of their schedule, if they were, you know, 500 or better, I don't know how tough their schedule is, but I mean, you, you certainly don't want to be in the West right now and be looking down at the Spurs in the last month. I just think, yeah, he's got fantastic value in every way, shape or form. And when you talk about the turnovers, I'm not really worried about that in the least, because when you have a guy like that, who puts up the stats like he does, if he turns the ball over three or four times a game and it will go down with experience, um, you know, it, it's they've got a team, you know, again, obviously what they do in the offseason, what they do in the draft is going to be pretty significant. Um, but, it, you know, it'd be nice if they were a much improved um, team next year. They've got some really like thoroughly likable players in every way, way shape, uh, every, you know, every, every way you can imagine on the team. And what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, how do you say yeah. his name? Sochan? Sohan? Sohan. I mean, I mean, he's, they've asked him to play point guard for the first time in his life. You know, he's six foot nine and he's, I mean, he's a super cool guy. I mean, he, I think he'll be worth drafting. I mean, the cell is always great to have in points. The cell had 26 points, six assists, five triples last night. Here's, here's my thing. I love that guy. I love him. I do too. And I've got him and Wimby on the same team and we're rolling usually, except when we play your team. But, um, the thing I love about this Wemby year is everybody was like, oh, don't draft him too early. Pop's not going to play him. Oh, don't draft him too early. He's too skinny. He's going to get hurt. Um, all of this stuff. And I, I was like, I'm not listening to anyone. I'm drafting Wemby everywhere. And he's doing everything I hoped he would do and more. And the Spurs, their whole thing is we want to let him play this year, figure out you know, really get a full evaluation of his talent and his skill set and his game, and then try to build a team around him for next year and, and going forward where we try to really um, become, uh, you know, competitive and, and try to try to win a championship. So my right thing on is... Schedule. Right on schedule. They're right on schedule. It's an 82-game test drive. I mean, you know, you know... When I'm going into next, if I, when I'm going into next year's draft season, if I get the number one pick, uh, it's going to be a very tough decision for me between Wemby and Luca, let alone Jokic uh, being thrown in there too. So, I, I think I think uh, I think Wembyana is going to be a popular number one overall pick in fantasy hoops next year. It's not the kind of thing I would do um, personally. I just and I think that um, I, I just think that if you think about him versus again everybody in the NBA is fragile. I mean we've seen some guys that are built like steel trucks go down for significant periods of time. I mean Marcus Smart, Jalen Brunson, just don't think about those guys getting hurt. And Brunson's playing like a hundred minutes a game, so it's going to happen. But like that's the thing that always concerns me about Victor, and I'm pleased that he's played as many games as he has this year. And I. I mean, I don't know if he's entirely missed any, but I, I just, I mean, I, it's just like a home grant. I just worry about guys, you know, from a fragility standpoint, whereas it would just be a shock to me if, if um, Jokic especially sat out for extended periods of time. He's, it's, it's, the guy's ridiculous. And Doncic seems to be one of those guys that, even though he gets injured and banged up, he, he knows how to take care of himself. That That's another process of being a superstar in the NBA in every way, shape, and form, fantasy, reality. Everything is, 
you've got to learn how to use your body. And there's obviously a lot of injuries that are entirely wildly fluky that you can't prevent. Um, but I saw a, a pretty uh, brilliant play by the aforementioned Jamal Murray recently in which it's almost like he's practiced with his, you know, former ACL, how to get out of the way when somebody rolls up on him. I mean, so that's the thing about Wemby and his frame is that and it's, I think it's just high risk to take him at, at one, but I think if you got, you know, somewhere between the three and the seven pick, then it would be pretty intriguing, you know? Um, I don't, I mean, I, I don't see how in the world you could not take an entirely healthy Jokic or Doncic with the one pick. Well, I would just say this. Uh, Wimby has been a first round fantasy value as what an 18, 19 year old rookie in this league. Um, despite all the turnovers, despite not knowing what he's doing and he has the potential next year to put up monster numbers in every statistic. Unquestionably. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I, 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 I'm all in, uh, if I can get him, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just nuts. Uh, speaking of rebounds blocks, crazy. I mean, you know, I think he'll be a, you know, I Three think eventually steals, he'll be a 25 assists. point a game score. He can, you know, he's going to, he's not going to hurt you with threes. What does he do from the line? I kind of, I, it's like a 75% guy, right? He's not going to hurt you. Yeah. He's not going to hurt you. And Luca's, Luca's a little bit better this year, but still not great. Hey, your Toronto Raptors last night were an absolute disaster in that game, by the way. Grady Dick led the team with 18 points off the bench. Gross. Uh, Kelly Olynyk. He's been doing that. He's been, you know, because he's. I mean, they. It's one of those situations like the Grizzlies, where, um, you know, they work their way down into their G League. Pick a player. Raptor. He's a high Raptor. profile G League. He's a he's a he's a high profile G League player. Right. I mean, I mean, look at what happened to Gigi Jackson. I saw him in plain clothes last night for the Grizzlies. He's been rolling up some fantasy stats. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, I don't know it's why. It's a brief one. He's because he's nineteen. He's pretty. He's been a pretty cool story. As has a. Uh, Vince Williams, the VCU guy, really, if he's sitting there undrafted because people don't know who he is in a league you're playing, I mean, you know, he's going to be got playing. Him on that team. I've got him on that team in our league, too. I've had him for Yeah, you got a sexy months. team, Steve. You have a very sexy team. You're liable to win the whole thing. Kelly Olenek had 17 points, five boards, three steals last night Like for the, for the Raptors. I'm thinking if he's sitting out there um, – the way Jakob Pertl's been so quiet this year, I think I think Olenek is a guy that you need to think about picking up. I'm not I'm not really racing out to pick up Grady Dick. Um, I would never pick up Grady Dick um, for a lot of reasons. Um, Olenek is a one of those guys we need to assist, assess what stat cor- categories you need. Um, I just, even though he's, I I don't know. I mean. I know the guy's a useful player in reality. I, I think he does good things at both ends of the floor, but I just don't. I think it's like fantasy desperation mode. Like, I mean, I've, I, like, I've, I've picked up more guys than I ever have in any league I've ever played in this year, and I still haven't hit the Olenek button. All right, we're going to go quick hits right here because we're running out of time, and I still have a bunch of guys I want to talk about. How long is the show supposed to be? An hour. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, you've got other guys to get to. I'm on all those horse racing radio shows where you're trying to kill time. Like, you know, again, <laughs> is that what is that what happens in horse racing shows? Because uh, in these what? these shows, we run out of time every time. 
Okay, what happened? Well, that's lovely. Um, It must be very nice luxury on your part. And I do one show on Thursdays where it's a two-hour show and we've got like six live races. So we've got like basically 11 minutes of horse racing and an hour 49 of, okay, what are we going to talk about now? So anyways, yeah, quick hits. Fire away. Let's move to the next guys. They're probably probably not in the Stanoviches. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's just wrong. Um, so four bulls last night scored at least 20 points. Kobe White is having a dream season in my estimation. Like fantastic. So good. Um, up and and down, I think the league in minutes played close to it. He's just been so fun. And then uh Io Desunmu, who was a hot pickup a couple weeks ago and kind of fizzled, uh, led the team with a season high 29.7 assists and five triples last night. He's picked it up over his last two games. He's kind of shooting lights out in those games. I think that's the reason for the turnaround. Uh, I think if just Desumu is sitting out there in your league, you pick him up. Well, you know, hold on now. You got to take that with a grain grain of salt. I'm one of the biggest uh, fans of Desumu in in the world. Loved him when they drafted him. Loved him at Illinois. I mean, I think it's been great to see him get more playing time um, this year because of the Levine injury to sort of strut his stuff. But – you know and I know that you got to put an asterisk next to all games against the Hawks. Teams have career games against the Hawks. Um, yep. So, I mean, yeah, it was fantastic was what Dasunmu did last night, that stat line. But I, I wouldn't expect that again for a long time, probably until he's at State Farm Arena again, my friend. Are you say, so you're saying that 60 that uh, Steph Curry put up against the Hawks was not a fluke and the 73 that Luca put up, not not a fluke? I'm saying there isn't a isn't a player in the league that doesn't lick his chops when he sees at Atlanta on the schedule. I mean, because it's just I've been to a half dozen games there this year, including some incredibly grim display against the Cavaliers. And they're I mean, it's just it's anti-defense. I was at anti-defense with it's anti-defense with no communication. So you're gonna see Again, in fact, that needs to be a factor. If you're looking at picking up a guy for one or two games and one of them is going to be at Atlanta, underline that. That's a, that's a good thing to do. It's at Atlanta or at Indiana. Either one of those works. Yeah, especially at Atlanta because whatever's going on with the Pacers, they're changing their whole vibe. They had a horrible loss last night. To the Hornets? Come on, man. <laughs> uh, speaking of Atlanta – Right on time. Uh, there's a lot of chatter now that the trade deadline has passed. That the Hawks may be intent on keeping DeJounte Murray and yeah. trading Trey Young this summer. I, I, as a Hawks fan, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. In the midst of all that, Trey goes 3 of 14 last night. Still had 19 points, 14 assists. Toss in um, the game. What do you think about that? What do you think about the Hawks uh, maybe keeping DeJounte and trading Trey Young? I'm all for it. I think I think Murray's a better player. I mean, I, I mean, look, Trey Young's spectacular. He does all-star things and stuff like that. But, like, in terms of winning games in the NBA, um, he, I mean, until he wins – if until he's on a team that wins a playoff series, I, I just – I mean, he's just one of those guys that's an NBA superstar that – from a reality perspective, from a fantasy perspective, he's fine. Despite the three for 14, that's a rarity. I mean, his usage field goal percentage is fine. 
I mean, his, his your guy always has fantasy value. I just his reality value is questionable. And I think that they can build a different sort of team. And I think Murray has proven. I mean, first of all, that team is entirely dysfunctional in every way, shape, and form. I mean, I hate to get brutal, but I think they need to make a coaching change. And um, it's it is very nice, almost sexy to see. And I hope it keeps up. DeAndre Hunter playing better since he's come back from his injury. But I think he had a good game, another good game last night, 23 and six or something. He had like 23. That. Bogdan had 28. Uh, yep. There's still too many Hunter. There's still too many forwards in Atlanta. I, I, they didn't get rid of any of them. So, uh, but Hunter's had 23 and 27 in two of his last four. I still don't really trust him. Uh, Bogey, that's his first 20 point game in his last six. So when you got Sadiq Bay and Jalen Johnson and Bogey and so Congo's been playing great all there together, man. It's impossible to to have all of them play well on the same night. And then yeah, Okongwu, no, they need to make some major changes. Congo's had some great Okongwu's games recently. Been, you know, Congo's been awesome without Capella. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Bay's one of the most unpredictable guys in the league. I mean, he's had a great season overall, but from a from a fantasy perspective, I'd never get Sadiq Bay right. Yeah, no, no, thank you. But I mean, he has big games. I mean, they just rotate. They all, they all rotate big games. Um, you mentioned Buddy Heald in Philly, uh, 24 and eight assists last night. He scored fantastic at least 20 points in all three games since the trade. That's got really Kelly, happy. You've got Kelly Oubre hitting 10 of 14 shots. Scored Wonderful 20, win for them. 24 last night with Wonderful. five triples. Yep. Um, those are two guys that should be rostered everywhere. With the Absolutely. way Philly's banged up, yeah, no, I mean they, those guys are going to have to play thirty plus minutes a night, and I think they're both built for it. I mean, Ubre always concerns me because I'm I'm worried about him um, hurting himself because he's a high flyer who just throws his body around. Heels, heels a great pickup by them. My heels like a miracle steal. I mean, just fantastic. No, heel. If I mean, heel was sitting there when he was a pacer. Heel was you know pretty much always on the because. Um, he was always available, but yeah, no, if, if you haven't snapped him up now, if he's sitting there, get him. Grant Williams in Charlotte uh, traded from the Mavericks in the whole PJW deal. Yeah. Um, he had 21 points, four boards, three assists off the bench last night. His other game for Charlotte, he had 15 points and eight boards. He rarely yeah. did that in Dallas this year. He was horrible. So he didn't have the opportunity really overall, you know, unless they were, you know, had a few injuries, you know, I mean, he just, again, he seems like the kind of guy that all he's ever needed is PT and he's got total fantasy value. And I think, I mean, I, yeah, Grant Williams is a, is a great pickup. If you, if you need a, a, a big, let's just call him a big, but he can hit, he, he hits plenty of threes. He just needs to play. Uh, he was playing for Dallas. He just wasn't doing anything because he was like the fifth option. They just, I just didn't look to him very often. And, uh, you know, we kind of thought he Dallas played himself down the bench. He did play himself down the bench. He we was thought, playing. Yeah. yeah. Well, we thought Dallas was going to need him on offense mm-hmm. and they didn't. And he, he, it just didn't work out. So I, I think he's a guy worth keeping an eye on right now. And if you need a warm body that's big, he's, he fits that bill. Um, Precious Achua, like you said, he had 17 rebounds last night, three blocks, eight points. Um, he was guy's probably studying fitness, man. That guy's so fit. He was probably already picked up in most leagues by now, but just make sure he's not available 
um, yeah. in your league. Unless you hate rebounds. <laughs> Are you, have you, has your and high field goal. The guy, the other thing about him, he has an incredibly good judge, judgment. Just about every shot he takes is a, is a, is a high percentage shot. You can get, you'll get over yeah. 50. I feel like a Kongu is sort of the same way. Kongu shoots it well from three. Kongu's hands just aren't as good as, as some other guys, some other bigs. He'll um, get there. But I, I love Kongu. Uh, mm-hmm. Amen Thompson had eight, mm-hmm. eight points, 13 boards, five assists, five steals last night. He's kind of been balling in February for the Houston Rockets. I think Amen should be rostered everywhere by now. Yes. I mean, what yeah, about Osser? What about Osser? Frustrating, in and out, unpredictable. Depend, and it's his minutes are too. I mean, it's wonderful to see the Pistons playing better basketball um, and stuff like that. But yeah, they're working out their pieces. Um, they've got a lot of pieces, and you just playing time. You, there's a lot of guys that'll play eight minutes one night and twenty three the next, and you know, essentially their stat lines you know, logistically will coincide with their minutes played. And, and that guy, it's a yo-yo, his minutes played, so it'll drive you crazy. You know, lost in all the Wimby hype last night was Giannis with 36, 18, 5, 3, and 2 in a win over Denver in which uh, Jokic played pretty well. We had a Clay Thompson siding last night, Bob. 26 points with three three-pointers, hit 11 and 19 shots. He said... Uh, after the game, man, I felt like myself. I felt like my everything was back to normal. It felt really good to do that. Like, how? What are the chances this is not a full lost season for for Clay Thompson? I, I mean, I just I think it's already a lost season. But I mean, he could yeah. If they are a are if they become a playoff team, then he can he can be. Clay Thompson during the playoffs. I mean, there's a lot of guys in that position that have immense amounts of experience that might be able to save their seasons with a playoff push. But like, but can he be like, Clay Thompson for the rest of the regular season? Like, could this could this game last night? No, kick off a run where people will run run out and pick him up. No, I'm because I mean the same thing happened to Wiggins the other day. He had what do you have a 2010 sort of game, and um, I mean again there's. Those guys, those two, those two pieces in particular, I mean, are I mean, basically the steel, the waiver wire steel, and obviously it's sixty days old news at this point. It's been Kuminga on that team. Um, you know, they they got they base they're basically operating with a full deck now. I mean, you, if the guys that um, uh, Sarich is a guy that like he's another guy that sometimes puts up fantasy type you know, numbers of, of, of significance and worth. I mean, you, know, you can't, you just can't tell when that's going to happen from the likes of three or four players on that team. You know, Golden State plays three times this week or played <coughs> play. Now, now they have two left this week. Yeah. So if you're going to take a shot, it, yeah, now's the time. For but it. they also play three games next week. So Sarich was sitting out there in my league and I was like, uh, in our league. And I was like, do I pick up Sarich and, Kind of screwed up and picked up Keontae George. I didn't really study the schedule like I should have before I made my move, but uh, I, I think Clay is worth at least keeping an eye on. If he if he gets his head on right, um, he might be able to turn around. I mean, if you picked up Ben Simmons and I picked up, I was thinking about picking up Ben Simmons. Anything is possible with Clay Thompson. 
<laughs> oh yeah, no. I mean, first of all, I don't think he's available in that league, but at the same time, yeah, Clay Thompson, especially if you need threes. Well, that's true too. That's true too. Because uh Clay Clay has been dropped in a lot of leagues, but um yeah, you know, but he's the kind of guy that gets dropped, you know, that happens a lot. Fantasy sports, that whole like high expectation thing, and like people get pissed with guys. How many people have gotten pissed with Andrew Wiggins this year? Oh, he's terrible. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, it, and then, then those guys sort of like turn the corner. I mean, I mean, how many, I mean, basically the, the entire history of RJ Barrett as a Nick was like people like having high expectations during the draft for RJ Barrett and then getting pissed um, with RJ Barrett after a month and then him going on like, you know, a two week hot streak. And now, I mean, now he's a Raptor. Both those guys are Raptors, him and quickly. And they're basically, I mean, to me, they're doing slightly better for the, for the, for the Raptors. I mean, um, I thought knows? quickly was going to be better than he has been. He's oh, been. what about Schrader? Now who Schrader just go to Dennis Schrader? He just left the Raptors and went to somebody else. And he's always, he's a, he can, he's a, he's a wildly unpredictable fantasy guy. Where is Schroeder? By the way, Josh Richardson's hurt. Uh, he's he's out for a while. You were talking about that at the beginning. Yeah, no, he took a he took a nasty shot in the shoulder. Yeah, he's gonna miss some time. Ooh, that sucks. Uh, Brooklyn man, Nets. Man. Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, man, man the Nets, man. <clears throat> yeah, that's gonna be so weird to watch. But I mean, he'll have. I mean, obviously, basically, he's there to replace Dinwiddie. What do you do with Dinwiddie? What do you do if Dinwiddie's just sitting there? What's he getting up with uh, on the Lakers backing up Austin Reeves or something? What's I going think on? Dennis Smith Jr. has been better than Dinwiddie this season. Like it, Ooh, Dinwiddie's okay. been rough. Dude, I've had him, man. That's been painful. He's been Don't tell bad. me. Yeah, but is he gonna get is he gonna get a new lease on life or is he just gonna play valuable minutes for I think he's gonna be a Laker, isn't he? Yeah, that's who you sign with. I mean, it's a pretty amazing in this day and age that you suck your way onto the Lakers. I mean, that's <laughs> basically what the guy did. I mean, like, nobody saw that coming. Like, I was so horrible for the Nets that the Lakers were chomping at the bit to get me, which I think is a real insult to the Skylar Mays guy who might be the best pure point guard in L.A. right now. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, obviously, aside from uh, – Dinwiddie's not even a point guard. He's just a guard. Yeah, he's just a guard. Yeah, to me, I think of him as more of a shooting guard. Yeah, he's just a weird. It's like, yeah, it's a that's a weird pickup by the by the Lakers. But I, they'll probably, yeah, God knows how long they'll even be there. I mean, he, yeah, he needs to, um, you know, he'll end up somewhere and be useful on a team because he's a, a he's a decent veteran player. Things just didn't work out. I mean, the Nets are so weird. There's such a much of a muchness. I mean, it's, I mean, they're like the most predictable, unpredictable team in reality, sports betting, anything. Are you, Bob, are you a, a, are you a Denny Avdija guy? No. In fact, he frustrated the hell out of me last night. Yeah, I I went, he's definitely one of the best players in the league at making um, um, expressions of pain. (laughs) The I'm floppy, a, I like the I, 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 didn't work for you last night. Yeah, no, nah, I just think he's a I think he's a BSer. Um, and I and I've given my man Bill Al so many chances. I think he'll I think he'll be you're talking about guys going to their second year that are be, you know basically entirely unknown. 
in the NBA is I think Kula Valley of the Wizards at some point might have significant fantasy value. I think he's a guy that you need to kind of keep an eye on the rest of the season and consider next year because he's like, you know, with, with all due respect to him, he's almost like a, a poor man's um, uh, Wemby. Um, he's, he's, he's learning the game on the fly. He's got a really bright bunch of skills and a lot of talent, and he could be a pretty useful late round pick. Um, next year. I mean, I really enjoyed watching Kula Valley play next year. I imagine he'll be a wizard next year, and I think he'll be climbing up the depth chart there. I thought it might happen this year, and I think there's still time for it to happen uh, late taking this year. It time. It's taking time, but he's getting there. Like, once once they once they throw the full silly season tank on in Washington, I could see Kula Valley coming on the last three weeks of the season, you know, going on one of those tears. But as far as Denny goes, Abdesia last night, he he was down on the ground a lot. And the, the Dallas broadcasters were like, I can't really understand what made Denny Abdesia go down like that. Uh, but in the me neither. In the at the same time, the dude had season high 25 points, seven boards, three assists. He had 11 of 17 shots. He was making good moves at the basket. He was making good decisions. He actually looked really good last night, I thought, against Dallas. And uh he's one of those guys I'd rather not watch and look at the stat line when the smoke clears. <laughs> and there's a lot of you know, there, there are guys like that. You've got so many that that team. I mean, Tyus Jones um is a guy that I've always loved. Obviously, you know, I'm a Grizzlies fan and and um you know it's nice to see him getting a lot of playing time, stuff like that. And he puts up solid Tyus Jones type numbers every night. If you need kind of a you know average point guard if if he's sitting around kind of guy um kispert will drive you crazy i mean you just have he's just a runs hot and cold kind of guy and they are just such a weird team but you sit down and watch them with six six seven minutes to go in that game you know they had a double digit lead at one point at no point did you feel they were going to win the game I mean, it's just strange, but um, yeah. I mean, yeah, Danny was, is one of those guys that, yeah, don't watch it, but you'll like what you see when the game ends. <laughs> I like watching him personally, but uh, I'll tell you what, Gafford was going against his former team in that game last night too, which is probably part of the reason he went nuts. But um, I don't know, man. That guy, like, no matter what, you know, like, it, it you know, and, and I like Gafford. Gafford's great, man. I think Gafford is one of the best 12 centers in the league. All right, Bob, let's answer some questions before we uh, get out the door here. Um, this is going to be impossible to answer because you and I are not doctors and we don't have new news on the injury yet, but crowd silencer wants to know how many games Dante DiVincenzo is about to miss. I'm going to say he's going to he's out through the All-Star break and then he'll be back the first game after that. Same. I mean, you know, also like when is um, when's Randall do that? I think he's out a little bit longer after the break. And when Randall, yeah, when Randall and OG and everybody comes back, then DiVincenzo is going to take a little bit of a hit, uh, obviously. But oh yeah, I mean, um, but yeah. I mean, he's basically unquestionably because of his incredibly incredibly quick release and ability to hit threes. He you know, that's something that often happens on a lot of really good teams in the NBA is guys like that that were eighth man, you know, 
move their way into minutes. He's definitely earned more minutes on, you know, and of course there's, you know, they, there's no more quickly, you know, there's no, you know, there's no more Barrett, um, you know, there's just, you know, he's basically, he's at least a six man, no matter what. And I think that he will, I don't know what the Knicks schedule is right after the all-star break, but as soon as they need him in a high profile game, um, he'll be back after the all-star break. And I'm happy that it's not a significant injury because he definitely is, is lit up. Madison Square Garden this year on a lot of nights when they really needed the excitement. Well, they haven't told us how long he's going to be out. If they come out and say three to four weeks, then I'm going to have to think about dropping him and moving on. But uh, because by the time he comes back, everybody else is going to be healthy. But I, I don't think I, I, I didn't see it. I didn't get to see it. I just know he went to the locker room and didn't come back. Uh, it's a hamstring. I hopefully it wasn't horrible and he'll just chill till after the break and be back and hell that news might be out there right now. And I'm just, uh, haven't been able to look at it, but, um, Aditha, Bob, I'm gonna let you handle this one. Yeah, no, I would say no. I mean, he says you know, the last place team is offering him Donovan Mitchell for his Nick Claxton and Daniel Gafford. Am I giving up too much? I mean, it just depends, you know, if, if Donovan Mitchell, I would imagine is a huge source of your points and your threes, um, then it's just a tough call without looking at your lineup. But but I think both of those, Claxton and Gafford, are are very very useful at, at what they do. And and um, you're giving up a, one hell of a lot of rebounds and a significant amount of blocks and high field goal percentage, and all kinds of other things. Pirtle's been banged up. Nurkic is quite valuable. Um, Richards has um, had some, has shown some stuff, and um, I really haven't been. I mean, has Paul Reed been? You know, since Embiid's been out, has he been putting up decent numbers or not? Uh, generally yeah. not. He's generally just disappointing. And I mean, the other up. thing you, you, he could make that trade, and then you know, essentially um, look around for a replacement for basically, you know, Richards, Reed. Um, I mean, you know, it seems like there are centers that sort of float around. Donovan you know, Mitchell's gonna, been really good, though. He's been insane. Donovan Mitchell's been insane. Yeah, and I think, like you said, a lot I, of forty-point games. If you, yeah, I mean, if you need points and threes on your team, to I assume that um, Aditya has um, a you know perhaps a team that's going to be in the playoffs. Well, it's like and, a ten-team. I think it's a ten-team league. So there's there's stuff on the waiver wire. Um, mm, oh hell yeah! I mean yeah yeah no, yeah that's an interesting thing. Yeah, I would basically the only one of your centers to me who's a must keep is Nurk. Um, oh, that's twelve team. It says twelve team. I know. I think he's okay, in yeah. ten team league too. I oh, don't fifteen know. category. But, yeah, whoa, think, that's intense, dude. That's in a very intense yeah, league. But yeah, I, would, yeah, I, I knew would, there was something crazy about that league. If um, you need points and threes, yeah, Donovan's a source, and he's not going anywhere unless he gets hurt. I mean, the guy's, you know, he's, also, he's got to be in the top ten for MVP, right? Top eight? You yeah, and insane. It, it just depends on what what your team needs. Um, yeah. Like, it depends on how crazy deep the centers are, and if centers are extra valuable because you have to play two of them. Um, it depends on if your center depth, which you've shown us. But Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell, he's had a lot of um, high assist number games lately, too, which has been kind of a new dimension. Obviously, a lot of that comes with Garland out. Um, but he's, you know, he's definitely improved his all-around game and become a better assist guy. Uh, Deshaun wants to know, or is that Deshaun? Yeah. 
Yeah. Can I drop Jordan Poole in a 12-team points league? Yes. I did not think we were going to be here. I did I mean, not I, see it coming. But that's what where we're going. What's about Jordan Poole? He's terrible. He's awful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I think you can definitely. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not looking at your team, Deshaun, but yeah, I would, I would confident, and I don't know how many ad drops, or, you know, but that works. Maybe you got none, um, or you know, very few, or something like that. But yeah, no, I, I think Jordan Poole, whenever he gets twenty, is just going to be when he's in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, I can't believe how bad Jordan Poole is going to be. I, I thought he was going to be a league leader in scoring this year. I really did. Or at least in the top four best wizards. At least there. And he's not. He's not. He's not. Um, <clears throat> Trayton wants to know if he should drop Bohan Bogdanovich for either Marvin Bagley, Trey Mann, or Fontecchio. Ooh, that's very Fontecchio tough. Got, Fontecchio got moved out of Utah, I, I don't think I'm feeling him anymore. I like the Trey Man. I like the Bagley. Bagley had a double double last time. Bagley, I've always liked. Trey Man's a massive source of frustration. I mean, I love the guy. He definitely has intrinsic value to the Clippers. Plays a lot of minutes, stuff like that. But is he just defers to the superstars and Zubach on that roster when it comes to his stat categories? He's like the he's like the breakdown the defense um, three-point guy from the corner with two seconds on the clock. I mean, he just very rarely, to me, puts up fantasy numbers. And Fontecchio is just a complete streaker. I mean, he can, he can just have – he's the kind of guy that could put up – have you know, have a massive quarter. But Bagley, if healthy and focused, he can be a really useful um, guy. So, I mean, it, again, it depends on what you need. But um, – Right now, at least for the short term, I'd keep an eye on on, on Boji. All right, last one, then we got to go. We're over an hour. Damn, they get they get they get mad at me if I go over an hour. Um, hold it, hold it. He's talking. He's talking about. He's talking about the gr- trading of the Grizzlies for John Collins. You talking about trading the entire Grizzlies team for John Collins? <laughs> that what he asking me? You going to trade the entire? You get the, you trade the entire Grizzlies team? Triple J for John Collins. <laughs> That's crazy. No, Triple J do not do John Collins and uh, I mean I don't know. I mean, Triple J, he basically by default, if the Grizzlies score eighty points in a game, he's going to get twenty five, nine rebounds, three blocks, four assists. Even though he's, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's no Triple J you want right now. I mean, they got. I mean, the problem is we're all worried that they are playing for nothing and Triple J is going to be completely shut down by that team in like 10 days. Has have you heard that kind of talk? Well, Desmond Bain's not coming back. John Morant's not coming back. You're, I know that. I know where your guy Gigi is. Like, I, yeah, I, I yeah, just, Gigi, man. I'm, I'm worried about. So you're saying they're worrying about they'll go to a yeah they're so they're basically I mean obviously all their their trade deadline moves, including the strangest trade of the year, which was Stephen Adams for Victor Oladipo, then wave Oladipo. It's obviously a total (laughs) money move. First of all, I didn't even know. I mean, I love Victor Oladipo. He was fun when I was when I was young, 
Um, but it's been a long time between drinks. And uh, yeah, I didn't, I did not hear anything about the shutdown. I, mean, I, I live two hours from where the Grizzlies play. I get down there whenever I can. There was about 80 people there last night. Um, there's a whole <laughs> bu- bunch of empty courtside seats. See, that's what I'm saying, dude. That's why, I mean, it, it's mostly me and Rick Kamla probably sitting here like, when are they going to shut Triple J down? Because I would say Christian needs to follow that story. And if it looks like, yeah, they're going to shut them down, then go ahead and trade because John Collins is a baller. I would. I mean, That's the reason why the, he's the main reason why the Hawks are below 500 this year. John Collins. He was a great Hawk. I do not want to trade Triple J for John Collins, even if, if he's getting shut down. But if this guy knows he's getting shut down after the All Star break, to make the move, I don't know. I would just follow that. Story. I would want more. I would want more than John Collins. Let me let me Christian send me your uh, email address. I, I've got some. I've got some season ticket holder friends at the Grizz. You might have some inside info for you on Triple J. <laughs> I do, man. I got some guy the other night was trying to offer Guthrie courtside seats for a piece of art. Kevin I mean, Guthrie, my man. Yeah, Guthrie, man. He's 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 moving art right now for courtside seats to games with 80 people at him. That does that sound like him? That is that is that's awesome. <laughs> I want to go to a game with you guys. Uh, yeah, right, man. Bob. Come on up. We're gonna do this again sometime. Uh, this was super fun. Thank you for coming on. Hopefully, I got we got into enough fantasy for y'all i know sometimes i've 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 music guys come on and people like oh this is supposed i'm just here to hear about fantasy sports and yeah well i didn't say a word about music i just jibber jabbered about other stuff you never talk about music really i think no no i well i don't know anything about music but david roddy um uh to the phoenix suns i just it'll be interesting to see what speaking of the grizzlies it'll be very interesting to see how the suns utilize him if it he's going to play at all, he's cool, man. He's a steal. That guy's got an NBA body. You know, what just else like is you cool? and me, buddy. Just like me, he's got that NBA. He's built for a hundred games, a Hall of Famer. You know what else is cool? This time of year, base uh, football's over. Baseball's getting started. We got the Masters coming. Then we got the oh, yeah. we got the Indy Five Hundred. Then we got the Kentucky Derby. Oh, it's then we got a whole summer of baseball. Like this is the oh, best time of the year. March Madness. It's, this is this March is Madness. What a time to be alive, Bob. It is great. Yeah, let's hope we make it till at least September this year. At this pace, I think we got a 50-50 shot, Steve. All right, brother. Thank you for coming yeah, on. Man. And uh, we'll see Best you all next Best wishes to Delonica. Thank Look you, after sir. Yourself. Congratulations. Uh, Thanks for having me. See you soon. Camlin, I'll be here on Thursday. See you guys. All right. Love you, man.